0: Okay, this is going to be one of the best podcasts because, I don't know, Bill Carlson may be top two or three smartest guys that I know, uh, it just erudite, world traveler, um, just I, I don't know if I, I can come up with a topic that he won't know about. So um, yeah, You can't
1: see me blushing because we're only on uh, phones, but <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now.
0: I can't believe I also get to introduce you, and this is so cool, Tampa City Councilman Bill Carlson, which just goes to show you that nice guys finish first sometimes, and that we do elect uh, smart people to to public office. So, Bill, how are you? Great,
1: thank you. Looking uh-huh. forward to seeing what the next uh, what the next phase of this looks like, and. You know what the future looks like but um sitting at home right now with my kids so if you hear any sound effects in the background it's my kids with their online zoom classes
0: i uh are you are you having to do the homeschooling or how's that working out for you
1: yeah they're doing the remote classroom stuff but then in between they you know they try to sneak roblox or whatever and i have to go in and stop them
0: <laughs> do you what do you think about uh like the distance learning you think it's sustainable i mean um do you think or do we need to like because Michelle's on our school's board. And, you know, the reality is, is like homeschool people or people that normally homeschool their children will tell you this is not what we would be doing if we were homeschooling our children. We would not be doing Zoom classrooms and things like that. Um, so this is like a whole this is not what what is going on right now is definitely virtual learning or distance learning. It's not necessarily homeschooling. Um, how's it working out at least at your house?
1: Yeah, I think it's working out well. Um, The the challenge is you have to kind of hover over them and make sure they're not sneaking some video games in between or, or YouTube or whatever. Um, And then sometimes they, you know, they get on uh, FaceTime with their friends while they're in the class. So they have multiple conversations going on, but, you know, we, we need to prepare our kids for the future. And, Um, obviously this kind of communicating is going to be part of the future of business and government and everything. The meeting that you were just sitting in Pinellas County commission. I mean, everybody is on something like zoom and, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of business going forward will be held like this. It's a, it's a very efficient way of doing things from a school point of view. Um, we just need to make sure that they get the, the academic training and there definitely is a benefit from in-person, um, Conversations and relationship building. So I guess we'll see going forward how it works out.
0: What do you think um, – like give me a sense because you you really do travel a lot. I mean you are pro- – I mean you have – I don't even know how many countries you've been in. But judging by your Facebook page um, and at least before you were on city council, you were everywhere. Um, you were in Singapore for a while, weren't you? Didn't you spend a lot of time – Are there any of the the question I want to ask is, uh, were there any lessons from pre from your pre-pandemic travels that are going to help you as now a Tampa City Council person? Was there something you saw, even though I know that the pandemic was not going on where you were at, but were there societal uh, controls or was there uh, lifestyle choices that you are able to bring to now Tampa? You know, serving on the Tampa City Council.
1: Yeah, and just just so folks know, um, when I was uh, in in uh, college and undergrad, uh, the Rotary clubs from this area, Tampa area, um, Sebring in particular, but it's all part of one region. They approached me and asked me if I wanted to go overseas, all expenses paid, for a year. And so my family didn't have a lot of money, so I picked Singapore because it was far away and also it was the most competitive economy in the world. I want to learn about it. Ended up spending five years and went from studying the Singapore model to advising the Singapore government, and then came back here and have been trying for. Twenty plus years to to uh, help us implement some of the ideas they were implementing years ago. I mean, there's so many ideas on so many different levels that the response to a pandemic uh, on this scale, nobody knows exactly how to do it. You know, Singapore in this round had its own unique um, processes, and and they've even gone through uh, you know a second round of this. So we'll see what the best solution is. But economically, which I hope we can talk about economically, there's so much more we could do. Uh, Tampa Bay and Tampa in particular are not competitive, really. Um, uh, some of the headlines look good, but our numbers are – when you look at the numbers, like you were saying a minute ago, when you look at their real numbers, it, it's not very good. And so we need to look at that and we need to measure ourselves the way other cities and regions do. And I think finally there's some consensus building around it.
0: That's not just because of the pandemic. You're saying that over – I mean <clears throat> we need to always be doing that. or uh, Yeah, if you that- look
1: at uh, two – two resources um, one is one that i put together uh, tampascorecard.com and that was just using census data u.s census data and and collaborating with um, usf uh, college of business and then um, tampa Bay partnership has their regional scorecard uh, so theirs looks at the region mine just looks at tampa but they both say the same thing and that is that um, we have a serious poverty problem the uh the main measure of economic health of a community is is medium household, median household income and uh, or per capita income. Per capita income, the city of Tampa, people living in the city of Tampa do pretty well, but that's because there are a lot of uh, millionaires that have moved to Tampa in the last few years. Uh, but what's happened in the last um, seven or eight years is that uh, the number, and this data is lags a year, so we're looking through uh, 2019, through 2018. Um, <clears throat> but what we're seeing is that uh, that it, it, during that economic boom, the p- number of people in poverty actually increased and the, and the middle class shrank just slightly. But can you imagine a situation where you have one of the biggest economic booms ever and the middle class doesn't grow? It did grow in St. Pete. And then if you look at disparities um, in St. Pete, the disparity between men and women, what an average man or woman gets paid is $3,000. In Tampa, it's 9000 and I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but there are also uh, terrible uh, racial inequities. And and the problem is that economic development, especially in, in, in Florida, but especially in our area, and especially in Tampa, has centered around real estate development. And when I've met with builders and realtors, I've said, we need to focus on the people and businesses that are going to rent and buy your units, not the buildings themselves. And they agree because we need a diverse and robust economy. And our, our, our economy is too much – dependent on real estate and growth we need to build up the other sectors
0: it's going to be um i guess well everything's going to be interesting one of the things that intrigues me is this idea that we're going to have not two classes have and have nots but three classes and that you're going to have you know you're going to have the working poor you're going to have a like kind of like a a, a, like and i hate to link to it but like a French bourgeoisie where it's like of essential workers that are going to be well to do, but they're still going to be exposed to the COVID-19 outbreak. And so that you're going to have people that are working in the construction industry, people that are small business owners, people that are doctors. But the trade off for them is, that yes, their business is going to come back, but they're going to have much higher health insurance rates. and then above all of that is going to be essentially um, like an information worker class. And I, you know, we haven't we haven't dealt with that. I think that that, you know, I saw people I, I just, we have this banner in front of our house where it says uh, stay home, stay healthy, stay strong. And we've got the whole house lit up in patriotic lights. And somebody came by and they like gave a thumbs down to the banner and I think it's because we're they think that we're trying to tell us stay home and I'm just thinking god yeah it's easy for us to stay home when we're in this house if you're in a two bedroom one bath man how, how could you can't stay home you can't teach your kids in a in in a, in a single person's apartment i mean we have got some big economic challenges in front of us and this pandemic is only exacerbated um, the divides between everybody
1: think about in, in before this, is before this crisis hit. And again, this is just 2018 is the most recent numbers, but, but Tampa had the city of Tampa had the second highest poverty rate of any major city in this, in the state, except Miami. Miami is the, is the, is the real laggard, but Tampa has been a laggard. And if you look at the regional data, which the Tampa Bay partnership will show you um, uh, St. Pete props up Tampa because St. Pete's economy is more diverse. And so we had this this horrible problem of poverty and uh, affordable housing. Uh, Tampa's uh, ho- home ownership rate before the crisis was the second lowest in the state also. And and uh, the numbers range from 20 to 50,000 people, families that need affordable homes. Well, now the government's not going to have as much money to help. And we've got more and more people that need homes. And so a lot of these... Uh, you know, frontline workers, um, unless they're getting big pay increase, they're going to have a hard time finding affordable homes as 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 the real, unless the real estate market um, declines some. But with a thousand people a day or whatever it is moving to Florida, probably the prices are not going to go down. And so we have we have a big fundamental shift. And then the other thing you mentioned is is the shift in um, in jobs and and how people work going forward. I think that will really change um, in the next couple years.
0: Well. First of all, let's just be frank. You've always wanted to be a city councilman from St. Petersburg. I've known that (laughs) from your days, always hanging out at Kawa. Like, you're just like, man, if they could just open up, like, a city council seat that included Dale Mabry, I would absolutely run for it. Um, And so I know how much you love the bird. I I don't understand. Like, I do think St. Petersburg... You know not it, like it is finally fulfilling its destiny, its geographic destiny. Uh, it should have been more prosperous all along, I think. You know, and I was just talking to uh Chris Steinacher and um the guys from St. P. Catalyst, and I said to them, you know, let's be honest, Pinellas County is the one area of the major cities we are of the major counties we really have not been hurt uh by COVID 19, um, other than the outbreak in the nursing home, we've had very few deaths um, and we've had a relatively low caseload, you know, compared to South, you know, if you talk about beach communities and you compare us compared to South Florida, I could see where Pinellas County, St. Pete, you know, like if people, if you're a German tourist right now and you want to come to the United States for whatever reason, or maybe, you know, by October, November, Maybe you're looking at it and you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to do coronavirus threat in South Beach, but you know what's beautiful is those gorgeous beaches in St. Petersburg and Clearwater, and they didn't have an outbreak. I think there's going to be some. I think people are going to be making decisions on where they travel, obviously based on was this a hotspot or not, and so and I think St. Pete can definitely benefit from that. Um, all right, so this is supposed to be bite-sized pod, uh, a bite-sized podcast. I'm hoping people listen to it like in between things. So let me get to my couple of questions for you. When did coronavirus become real for you? Um, Somewhere around
1: May, I'm sorry, somewhere around March 12th, um, we were in a uh, Tampa city council meeting. It was a CRA meeting in the morning. And then uh, during the day, while we were sitting in the meeting, suddenly all these orders started coming out. And by Six o'clock, we broke for a couple hours. By six o'clock at night, we had to cancel our meeting for the night because uh, you know other government agencies had deemed it too dangerous. Um, and then uh, you know, of course, after that, watching um, everything that evolved in the you know, the dangerous situation that that was all around the world. And this is weird because you know, with SARS, as, as you mentioned, I travel to Asia a lot. With SARS and the the other um, epidemics that have happened in Asia, they haven't quickly come over to the U.S. So I think everybody expected that it would just kind of end and not not hit over here but it's hit everywhere in the world
0: and i know that i've read this in other places but maybe you can allude to it how did sars prepare um asia for what they're going through right now i mean uh, can you can you uh, you know illuminate that a little bit other than you know what i i just keep people saying it and i don't know what that really means
1: well the things like wearing masks um it's, it's it, depending on which country in Asia you're talking about, it's been part of the culture for a long time. Uh, people being careful about health and hygiene. Um, uh, and then it, around SARS, um, they, the, the public spaces put up um, uh, big uh, thermography um, uh, cameras. So when you're walking through the airport, you don't see them, but there are people standing behind these machines with uh, just like you would walk through an x-ray or whatever. Oh, wow and, and you can, they can tell what your temperature is. Um, so if, you know, flying to Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, uh, Japan, which I just was at all three recently. And I mean, it, it, last summer and, um, and it, they, they will check what your temperature is. And if you, if it looks like you have a fever, they'll pull you aside and talk to you. And then in other public pa- places, they have that. And then they also, uh, again, depending on the country, but they have pandemic, um, squads. Um, but still it, it, One of the biggest things is is, um, international travel, and in the United States, domestic travel. Um, Remember, one of the things that Governor DeSantis did was stop um, or try to to check people flying in from New York. So there's this big outbreak in New York. Because we're one country, we can't just shut down our border at Florida and say you can't come in. But they started asking people to volunteer. They started talking to them. A place like Singapore can just shut the borders immediately because it's a city.
0: Yeah, I, I remember when DeSantis said something like, well, why don't we do stuff more like Singapore? I do want to like, caution that, you know, we're talking to, I mean, that's an apples and bowling balls comparison between population, geography, cultural lifestyle. I mean, Florida's the wild, wild west. I mean, it was like, because I think he was using Singapore as a metaphor, or he was using Singapore in a conversation about uh, about not closing the schools, Um and I just, you know, I, I, I got to say, like, that's probably my, the thing that disappoints me the most about the governor is he's, like, just doing, like, the stream of conscious press conferences, very Trumpian, and it's like his message is, is just all over the place. And I think, you know, it almost makes me long for the days of Rick Scott, who, you know, he said something on Monday, and he would say the same thing on Wednesday, no matter what he learned on Tuesday, and, you know, it's just like DeSantis last week, he's blaming the media, you know, uh, last week he was blaming the media for not for overhyping the crisis. And then yesterday he was blaming the media for uh, for not taking it seriously enough. And I'm, like, I'm just my head is spinning at this point. Um,
1: yeah, one of the one of the things they, you know, they teach in leadership classes is good leadership classes is that. um Uh, There's a certain kind of leader that will just provide an easy solution and then the other kinds of leaders will focus people on the problem at hand. And there's always a temptation to give an answer that will make the public happy. But – and and in this case, it's evolving and nobody knows – nobody anywhere knows exactly what the right solution is. This stay-at-home order has worked, but – The next time this happens, are people going to be willing to do the same thing? Are they going to be willing to make the personal and professional sacrifices? And so there is, I think, a high expectation that governments around the world will get together and find some other solution besides this. And the Singapore model in the beginning was a really good model. And then suddenly they went through a, a, a new outbreak now that outbreak as far as I can tell is from foreign workers who have, have been uh, working in Singapore and living in in certain areas kind of segregated, but um, it's interesting watching how it's evolved. Uh,
0: It's, you know, I think one of the things that we're all hoping for is a vaccine, Um, but that's just not coming. And so I think like what you say, we need more leaders who are, are, are willing to deliver some hard truths. I got to tell you, I am, I think the underwritten story here is the enormous, um, not the sacrifice itself, but the willingness to sacrifice that Americans, Floridians, Tampa Bay residents, like at all levels, like I just got back with that poll about whether or not to close Pinellas, to keep Pinellas County's beaches closed. And people overwhelmingly want them closed still. And I'm like, man, man, stop listening to the facebook people who are saying you know give me liberty or give me death and let me out there people to their financial detriment know what is in front of them and have accepted that it's i hate to say it it seems like we're actually pretty we're much better at hunkering down than we thought we were going to be um we've a lot of people have adjusted now i get it there are millions of people suffering from job losses that i'm not mitigating that what i'm saying is is People seem to understand that, and are still saying, you know, we got, we can't let this thing come back uh, in 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 a month, and we're all back to to, um, you know, to the square zero or uh, to the first square or whatever the metaphor is. Yeah, the is. problem
1: is we've, we've got kind of sunk costs. And um, if the fear, I think that most people understand is if we go back too soon, they we'll have to do the whole thing over again. Right. Yep, and nobody wants to do that. The other thing that would be interesting is if you did a crosstab on asking people if they consider themselves introverts or extroverts, because the introverts I know are very happy working from home and they would rather it be like that all the time. And the extroverts can't stand sitting at home and they want to get out of the house.
0: it's that's what i say is i'm a basically an extroverted introvert like i'm forced to it's why i always make plans with you it's like yeah bill i would love to get coffee and in theory i love the idea of going to have a conversation with you but like 20 minutes beforehand i freeze up and i'm like oh man i really don't want to see people today (laughs) and so like i am like I I tell everybody other than the complete, you know, economic collapse and the loss of life, this is wonderful. I love not having to like I mean, you know, like my attitude already. I wear shorts and I'm like, oh, my God, do I really have to go to a chamber of commerce thing? I I, and so like the idea that I can, as you just noted, like I can. That's the first time I've ever spoken to a, a county commission meeting. And it's because I didn't have to, like, you know, put on pants and go, oh, uh, and go talk to them. All right. Let me ask you. Um, we've been asking folks for like three recommendations on. Oh no, no, hold on. First of all, what was your what was your last normal day like? And I know that that's different for an elected official. But what was your like last normal meal that you had with the boys? Or how did that work out? Yeah, it
1: was probably that same day, like around March twelfth. Um, we uh, we we did some things over the weekend. But we quickly um, uh, came back. We were supposed to go to Disney um, like the, next, the next Tuesday for my son's birthday, and um, and we got we canceled all of it. I mean, the hotels were still open, so we could have gone to the hotel, but just to stay safe, we came back. And um, you know, imagine having to tell a uh, ten uh, year old on his birthday that he can't go to Disney. It was awful. But I just had to say, it's not safe.
0: You, I, I, I was set for uh, Fort Wilderness. I think on the sixteenth was when we were going to be there. Yeah, that for, was the same day I was going to be there. Oh, that would have been cool. Um, I think that's happened to you and I before, by the way. Where we're we, both Disney we, files. <laughs> yeah, we've been um, when we were going to do Fort Wilderness, and it's just like that's the thing that's breaking my heart, and it's like sweet little Ella Joyce, like. She's like, I'm not going to get to hug Mickey again. And we're just like, uh, probably not. Um, so recommendations, um, give us two or three things that people should be reading or, um, or, or watching during the pandemic.
1: Well, I've, I've watched a lot of the things that I guess other people have watched now I'm watching Bosch. I've never watched that before, but written by, you know, Michael Conley is from Tampa. So don't tell me what happens. I'm only part way through it. And, um, uh, watching
0: um is that uh, any good is Bosch any good because that's like one of those shows that's i heard the first season's not great but then it really gets rolling is yeah
1: that- that's what i'm hoping it's it's character building in the first season and i'm hoping that it builds up but um you know i, I binged everything else i'm watching better call saul and uh i love that show the funny thing yesterday i did I, just for a joke i had a pollo hermanos um uh, Zoom background and yesterday I went to do the interview with Rick Holmans uh, in in the Cafe on Tampa online thing and, uh, and I still had it on by accident. He looked at it and started laughing and he said, oh, that reminds me of New Mexico. I said, no, that's Breaking Bad. He said, remember, I lived in New Mexico. This is, it. yeah, that's where it was filmed. So, <clears throat> anyway, small world.
0: Uh, do you watch the, uh, do you watch Breaking Bad and all that stuff, by the way?
1: I, I watch Breaking Bad and <clears throat> you know, like, what I'm doing now, I know you're a Star Wars fan too. I'm watching I watched uh, all the Clone Wars with my kids and I'm watching the new ones and then watching going back and watching Star Wars Rebels and we watched Mandalorian, so that's cool.
0: I've heard that that, that is actually, it's like somebody said that Clone Wars is better than the first or third, or the second or third pre- uh, trilogies.
1: Well, the Rebels, I, the first few episodes of Rebels, I didn't like it because it had some new characters, uh, but without spoilers, they it, 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 if you liked Rogue One, it's like everything leading up to rogue one and they bring in a lot of the characters that we loved and so um i i, I think it ends up being a pretty good series
0: i loved rogue one by the way i will say yeah, that that is like i don't know i think that that was my favorite movie of all the movies outside of the trilogy and even at that like i you know my hot take right now would be that i'm not a huge um empire strikes fan uh, empire strikes back um like that's not one of my like I don't I don't I don't love that movie the same way other people do. I like it a lot but it's not I actually like um number 4 uh the first one or number 4 overall yeah. and then I I really like Rogue One. So um well may the 4th be with you. This is Monday is a big day. Hopefully um you get to celebrate that a little bit um on uh, that's coming up but I appreciate you coming on hunkering down today and um take care of the boys and uh, you be well thank you very much best to your family thanks bill